Achieving a gorgeous grin from home isn't a total mystery with Byteclear aligners. Just don't be surprised if all of your sleuthing friends start asking, what's your secret? Begin by ordering your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95. Byteclear aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces. Plus, they offer flexible financing, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot com. Start your confidence journey today with Byte. This episode is brought to you by Philo. Do you love TV? Do you love saving money? Then Philo is your solution. Philo has shows, movies, and live TV for just $25 a month. You can even try it for free with their seven-day free trial. No contracts, no commitments, no hassles, just a better way to watch TV. Never miss a minute of shows like the hit docuseries Where is Wendy Williams or classics such as Friends. If you can't get enough TV, then there's no better way to watch. Philo has more than 70 channels like BET, MTV, and AMC. And the best part? You can try it yourself with their seven-day free trial. Sign up today at philo.tv slash poppods. That's P-H-I-L-O dot TV slash P-O-P-P-O-D-S to get 50% off your first month. Hey, welcome to another edition of Talking Metal. Hope you guys are doing well. We're going to do what we've done in the past and air another episode of Metal Raps here for today's episode of Talking Metal. Metal Raps, of course, is the episode or the podcast I do with Mitch Joel and Mitch LaFon. You can subscribe to it separately on iTunes, uh, or you can just listen to it here on Talking Metal. That's what we're going to do today. So here we go. The most recent episode recorded last weekend of Metal Raps with Mitch Joel, Mark Striegel, that's me, and Mitch LaFon of the one-on-one with Mitch LaFon podcast. Here we go. Well, hey there, and welcome to episode number 22 of Metal Raps. My name is Mitch Joel, and as always, we are joined by Talking Metal's Mark Striegel. Mark, how's it going? Good, Mitch. Good to talk to you guys again. You as well. And of course, one-on-one with Mitch LaFon's Mitch LaFon. Yes, the other Mitch in this uh, relationship. Uh, I think I'm the other Mitch. You can be the, you'll be like the alpha Mitch. (laughs) Right. I'll be the Mitch Mitch and you'll be the A Mitch. Yeah, I'll be the bitchy Mitch is who I'll be. (laughs) Well, it's great. (laughs) Great reunion. Listen, Mark, if you talk to me like a Mitch, I'm going to slap you like a Mitch. That's my favorite line. (laughs) You should be Mitch Striegel, quite frankly. That would be good. Yeah, exactly. I'm going to change my name because I like Mark better. It's you know, so convenient. Yeah. yeah. Um, hey, guys. So uh, let's start off. Let's go from tra- tragedy into the nicer stuff. But um, clearly, I think all of us were pretty shaken up the other week when we heard about the uh, insanity that happened in Bucharest. There was a club gig, a band called Goodbye to Gravity. 45 people dead, including I think the drummer was named today or the other day. Yep. Uh, over 180 plus people injured. And there's a lot of sort of political news and stuff going on there. And I, and, you know, obviously never going to make light of something like that. One is people go to shows like this to have a great time, love the music, hate the music, don't know the band. Irregardless, everybody should get home safe. Um, and this is one of those crazy tragedies here in North America. I think the one that sort of sprung to mind as soon as I saw the news was definitely the the terrible tragedy that happened with Great White many, many years ago. Uh, At the I, I, I always struggle with this. Like, I get that bands want to put on a great show, but pyro in a club just doesn't sound like a healthy combination to me. Mitch LaFon. <laughs> well, I, I fully agree. There, there's no... 
need for it. I think when you get to an arena stage and you've got somebody sitting way up in the rafters, you need pyro and you need a show to bring them into the into the show, you know, to, to make them feel part of the show. But in a club, you, you, you're there to impress them with the music. And I think, yeah, you can put on a show, but you can you have to stay within these limits of the songs, the, the band, the personalities, and, and keep the pyro for when you hit the Olympic Stadium. I mean, it's just, it's, it's, it's silly. And when you look at the station fire with Great White, that wasn't local news. That was on CNN and on, you know, whatever, Fox or whatever. People in Bucharest heard about it. People in France heard it. We heard about it. We, we, as fans, we should have said, yeah, we don't need this anymore. Just, just play for us. We're, we're good. You know? But people don't know if it's not like you go to a show and you know before that there's pyro. Sure. And the also, the, the other part of it is, you know, in my brain, at least, I think to, you know, Kiss using pyro in very early days. And I don't, you know, were they clubs? I don't know. There were whole hotel lobbies. It wasn't like an arena. Uh, you know, Motley Crue, I mean, you know, known forever. And, you know, Nicky lighting himself on fire and crazy pyro and just the ridiculous stories you heard from the 80s in, in those clubs. And, not it was definitely not any safer. And again, I'm not sort of switching sides and thinking it should be done. I'm actually not a fan of pyro in general, but right. I, I just think that there's a sort of thing with pyro and metal that it, I, I think it's 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 not easy to just say save it for the arenas. I don't know, Mark. What yeah. do you think? Well, I think I think we've progressed a lot as as a society and a species since since the 70s and and 80s and and it, it, the the pyro that bands like ACDC are using nowadays is not the same pyro that they they used back in the 80s those cannons that come out are no longer filled with actual gunpowder the, uh, the kisses show everything is scientifically tested and and rehearsed and and there's less chance for error with uh, with those shows now nowadays uh and there's just yeah there's just with what has happened in the clubs there's just absolutely no excuse um you know what, what happened in that great white fire in the club back in rhode island uh there's absolutely no excuse for this and it's just uh just awful and uh, shocking that it would actually still be going on. That somebody who would be stupid enough to uh, to try to pull off a pyro show in a yeah. in a club, yeah. And, and it's not even like you know, Great White wasn't close enough. I mean, Mitch and I here in Montreal, we had the the crazy um, Guns and Roses riot show where, where yep. people sometimes forget. But James Hetfield from Metallica was severely burned by pyro. Earlier on in that evening, it was that it wasn't that evening, Mitch, that, that it happened. Yeah, it was absolutely that and, evening, and that was part of the reason why there yeah, was a part of the, yeah, that was part of the, the pushing towards the there. And when I think to how much pyro Metallica uses now, and I'm always watching how close James Hetfield is to the pyro. I think what you said, Mark, is really important. That it's a different type of pyro now. Um, it's yeah. much more controllable. They have, you know, even if you've seen clips from the newer Motley Crue shows or Kiss shows, you're right. The sort of ability for them to even control it, like almost like it almost flicks like a lighter on and off, uh, which you know I'm, well, I'm guessing has to now. do. Right, exactly. Yeah, right. it's not it's not yeah. gunpowder. I mean, it's actual propane that they switch on and off. But uh, yeah, I don't know. I, I think that that both the Venue owners who see a club set up, because obviously they open the door and let the band set up in the afternoon, they should say, hey, what are you doing here? Don't set that up. 
And the bands, the bands themselves should know. I mean, you know, you know, wear lipstick like poison if you want to impress. Don't, 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 <laughs> yeah. don't light the club and, on and fire. And you know, I, I love the pyro. I love seeing it uh, in an know, arena. Kiss and ACDC and Iron Maiden in an arena. I love feeling the the when I'm up close, feeling the the heat on my on my face of of the, you know, coming off the stage. It's it's an exciting thing. However, in a club, it's a different story. If you start lighting off pyro in a club I, I think i'm actually going to be leaving as, right. as soon as that starts you know it's uh, I, i'm not going to be impressed by by that in a club i'm going to be uh, uncomfortable <laughs> and, I'm not, and, yeah. and, and, and i'm not making light of it but to me it's not even the pyro it's the fact that the pyro is around a lot of flammable things in clubs like that right it's right. i mean that's the big that's the big issue right speaking of, yeah speaking of a lot of these the bands that we were mentioning um Mark, last night, as of this recording, you saw the new pre-show. Yeah, I did see Priest, and it's interesting. I'm thinking back now um, to last night. I don't think there was any pyro. I don't think they had any flames or explosions on uh, on on stage. Now I don't know if that was a cost-effective uh, thing no, or, no, no. or. You don't or, need flames when you're Rob Halford. You just you right. need your voice. You don't have to hide behind a wall of flames like some bands. Well, speaking yeah. of speaking of voice, how's he holding yeah. up? Yeah, I, I will tell you, I had Rob Dukes here uh, in my house. He was at the show last night. He's an amazing vocalist, sang with Exodus for, for 10 years, over 10 years. Uh, he he and I were talking over lunch today that, that Halford's voice, at least last night, I don't know, you know if it was just a good night, it was insanely, insanely good for a guy pushing 70 years old. You know, and, and they... It, they played victim of changes early in the set, and I was like, "Oh, I bet you they're doing this early because it's a tough song vocally." But but no, he came back like "Painkiller" was one of the it was the second to last show song of the of the evening. "Screaming for Vengeance" was late late in the set, uh, and and he was I was right up front there, and he was just hitting it and going for every single note. Absolutely no backing tracks here. I'll tell you that. And and he was on fire. He he comes out with a cane wobbling, you know, to the to the the front of the stage and then 10 minutes later he's like strutting around the stage and and just wailing and hitting these notes it was very i don't know if you remember that scene in in willy wonka where the guy comes out with a cane and then suddenly does a somersault and it was very much like that you know like when he came out with the cane i was like oh no here we go and then again within minutes he was just sprung to life and and his voice uh so Intense, and it's also you know I could go on about this for for hours, but it's also interesting. I will quickly say uh, how his his stage presence has def- definitely evolved. I mean, this is a band I've seen since the '80s, and you know he has this more kind of tough guy mancho strut around the stage than than he used to. That's that was uh, interesting to me. And on a final note, the ticket sales. I know we were talking about Judas Priest yeah. ticket sales earlier. Uh, this year uh, were it was about a twenty thousand seat arena. They I was told when I got there by the security they sold four thousand five hundred in advance. However, being inside now they had the top curtained off, but being inside it felt like a lot more than forty five hundred to me personally. I, I, if you would have told me six or seven thousand, I would say, oh, that sounds more like it. Um, but yeah, I was told by the security it was forty-five uh, advanced tickets sold. So I don't know if like an extra two thousand showed up and bought tickets at the door. It sounds like a lot to me, but you never know. And who was opening? Mastodon, who are oh, also great. Yeah, very, amazing. very good, very good. 
Excellent. Great band. Yeah, it's this is one of the interesting moments because I had – I'd say I had more of a negative experience the last time I had seen Priest, which was on the last tour with Steel Panther. It just I felt like energy wasn't there. I wasn't sure about the vocals. And then, yeah, you know, just trolling through YouTube came across uh, a, a version of Painkiller that was done obviously on the past little recent while. And I was really surprised and I was surprised because – I had posted on Facebook a video of Motley Crue uh, from either this year or last year from Rock and Rio. And just listening to that in comparison, you could not compare it. I mean, you know, Vince was, to say Vince struggles, it, w- it would have right. been an understatement here. And again, nothing to slight this band that I grew up with and I love, and they were my everything for a long, long time. But, you know, Vince is, is, is being Vince now with this stuff. He's singing. Every third or fourth word, maybe. Um, I, like I, I keep joking, like he doesn't need a teleprompter because I don't even think he's speaking English. He's just sort of like, <laughs> like stum- not stumbling, but like just sort of like throwing his voice in where words should be, and it doesn't matter if the words right or wrong because it's not even in English. And look, there were a lot of comments where people were like, "What? What was that? What language was that in? Was that you know, was yeah. that some foreign language we don't know?" And it's amazing to me to think about, you know, one the comparison between. Bands, not that you can compare the music, but just the sort of comparison of what older brands are doing live. But more importantly, these guys know it's going to be on YouTube, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah, it is interesting with with Vince too, because a number of years ago, I see Motley Crue every single time they come through town, almost. And a number of years ago, like I'm talking like five years ago, uh, he was really, really good when I saw them and seemed to really be on the money. But the last time I saw them, he definitely was a little sloppy and pitch issues. And the same thing with Van Halen. You know, when when they first came back, like in 2007, I guess that was, 2008, Roth was on every night. And then, you know, that last tour they did, there a lot of I didn't actually go see it, but the videos I saw on YouTube, uh, some real questionable performances from Roth. So, yeah. Hmm. So, and also, you know, once we're once we're on the topic of Motley Crue, you know, Tommy Lee had this wrist issue, tendonitis. There were some other rumors jetting around. Missed a whole bunch of shows. Was replaced with um, Alice Cooper's drummer, right? Glenn and Sobel, good Glenn guy. Glenn Sobel, great. And I drummer. saw one of those shows, by the way. Yeah, and you know, Tommy seemed to be posting stuff up on Facebook and Instagram about what was going on. Seemed very apologetic. Uh, was at the shows. It's not like he was off in Malibu or something, and he he was still doing stuff, DJing, playing "Home Sweet Home." Not sure what. Um, Mitch, you had brought up this idea that you know because it's the last show, right? It's it sort of maybe for those. I don't know, four or five shows, yeah, that like maybe they should make them back up to those people. Uh, and I, I'm, yeah, well, what do you think? Because I have my own thoughts, but Mitch, what do you think? Well, you know, listen, if the injury had gone on for months, then I say finish the tour and so be it. But because it was just four, it's really not that hard to reschedule. And, and listen, I saw the show in Quebec City. I think Glenn did a wonderful job. In fact, I saw three Motley shows, and it was my favorite, mostly because I didn't actually have to sit through a drum solo, um, (laughs) which is true. Uh, 
They probably should have been more upfront because in Quebec City, the day of the show, on the radio, they were doing interviews saying, Tommy's there, Tommy's there, Tommy's there, he'll be there, he'll be there, he'll be there. I guess try to keep sales going. And the minute you walk into the venue, there was a poster that said, sorry, Tommy's not playing. And, and it seemed sort of disingenuous. And if you were going to go through that trouble, you should have just said, hey, you know what? Yeah, we said we're going to finish in L.A., but let's give these people what they paid for. Um, which is yeah, a farewell, farewell tour. And, and and by the way, in Quebec, not a lot of people play, uh, paid for it. Huh? There, there was about 6,000 people in a 20,000 seater. There was, it was, you know, when you look out from the stage, you know, the sides were filled, but the back of the venue and the tops were blacked out. And but it's isn't, like, it, it, isn't that a great reason not to do it again? Like, it wasn't like there was such a high demand and people were, True. like, isn't that, is, you know, in my brain, I'm thinking, I don't know. I think it would be a hard thing to redo because there's a cost and expense to this. And my understanding, and nothing again, nothing against this band. I love Motley Crue. That this has been a hard tour in terms of, you know, getting Tickets bums out. in seats. But again, one of the top grossing tours of last year, apparently as well. So yeah. who knows? I think they there is tour insurance, for this. though. I mean, let's not forget there are there is tour insurance. There is no tour on the road without tour insurance, which is exactly for these moments where you have to cancel because of injury, sickness whatever else so yeah there's a cost but it, it would have been covered yeah I, I think you know i saw them over a year ago at the garden in new york city and got all choked up when they did home sweet home thinking wow this is the last time they'll be playing in in new york in this area the, you know goodbye motley crew and this is october 2014 um and here we are a year later, and this is still going on. They, they've come back through New York, numerous the New York, New Jersey area, numerous times since then. Uh, they, 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 you know, this was really the fun. We knew this was coming, though, Mark, right? Yeah, I mean, <laughs> I mean but, you know, I, I don't feel sorry for them one bit if they're having trouble getting people in the seats because they've far extended their um, – they they pushed their luck with this thing, and they 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 should have it should have been a, a final tour, and boom, they're out, they're done. Not a you know, this is the final tour, and it's going to last three years. I yeah, mean, give me a break. Ozzy did his no more tours tour in '92, and he's still out there. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. So you know, well, he he lied. I I actually do <laughs> think Motley Crue are gonna are gonna. If, Stick to this and and not tour anymore after this, but um, but they'll still be a band. They'll you know, do the corporate gigs. They'll do the you know Super Bowl halftime or yeah. I don't even think the done. Sabbath thing that you know they just a lot of my friends were like, oh my god, this is the last time they're going to play New York. Are you buying tickets for the Garden? And I didn't buy them, and thankfully I didn't because they're playing in a, a place in Jersey which has a much better sound. And of course they announced that you know after the Garden was sold out and. Uh, you know, it's like four months later, but you know, but yeah, the crew thing is ridiculous. I mean, a, a final tour that's like two to three years long, it just seems crazy to me. They, I, they, I, yeah. I mean, when I hear the story again, I'm, I'm trying to be somewhat empathetic to, to these guys. And it's it's one of those things where it's like you want to end there, you know, one end as one side, but the other side is it's like, well, there are about 80 more venues in the New York area that we could right. 
sort of come, keep coming back to. And I get, you know, I look at it. They're, they're, they're making one last run at this. Like, like we had said, well, there has been conversations about them struggling to get bums and seats. My understanding is that this is a fairly high grossing tour nonetheless right. yeah. and doing well for them. And, sure. you know, I mean, it's, it's all fine, fun and dandy. And people go, well, they've got their millions upon millions of dollars, but. Who knows what their nuts are like, right? <laughs> well, I guess yeah, some well, people I mean, do. <laughs> it, it's like, you know, when they first announced this and they first went out, it, from what I understand, every show was sold out or near capacity. And now you're seeing very few shows sold out and uh, some where they're really struggling to. Yeah. Uh, but keep to get one people. thing in mind the early part of the tour was a lot of B markets. They were in Iowa, they were in, you know, these smaller little places where it was easy to get sold out because nothing comes to town. When they got to okay. the larger markets, the LAs, the Montreals, all of a sudden it's like, oh, well, there's, there's missing a few people now. That said, <laughs> I love how Mitch thinks Montreal's a large market. <laughs> well, you know, well. If, We're third yeah. tier, buddy. <laughs> no, I understand that. But when you play the Bell Center, you're, you're still playing to 15,000. When you go play Iowa or Dubuque, you know, Dubuque or whatever, you're playing in a 7,000 venue. So when you say it's sold out, you go, yeah, well, yeah, okay, it's sold out, but it's, it's a 7,000 venue. It's... It's not, you know, 20,000. Um, you know, Quebec is certainly a C market, and it was, it was one-third full. Right. Well. So, so we're undecided as to whether or not they should have either canceled the dates with Tommy Lee or at least tried to go back and, and do it with the man. I guess well, they we'll have, have to wait and see. should have done something special. They should have maybe added three songs or just something to say, hey, look, Tommy's not here. You're not getting exactly what you came for. Let's throw in a couple of bonus songs so that you leave here feeling great. I hear you. I yeah, think that, I that's, mean, part a, that's, of, yeah. that's fair. They're not delivering what they Parting promised. Gift, you know, fair. this 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 was sold as the original <laughs> four members. You know, I would be really disappointed myself. So, uh, yeah, I do understand it's a venue. business. Yeah, yeah exactly. it's a business, and and I'm sure, you know, hundreds of thousands of dollars get lost if they can't cancel a show. You know, so. All right, so yeah. before we take off and talk about what we've been checking out lately, Black Sabbath, right? They've got a farewell tour coming out. Yes, Pictures sir. are out. There's no picture of Bill Ward. There's no mention of a drummer. Right. We know there's been some public discourse in terms of how Bill Ward has been battling it out with Ozzy and the guys. What do you think? Is it fair for Black Sabbath to do a farewell tour without Bill Ward? And again, let's keep in mind that this is somebody who is quote-unquote healthy as far as we know. He is playing. He does want to play, and he is capable and has done it. This isn't like we're dragging somebody out of the coffin. Right. Um, so can, can Black Sabbath go on the road ethically and, be, and do a farewell tour without Bill Ward? No. <laughs> no. I, I mean, they can do it. But if it's just about dollars and cents, it's like, look, it's the last kick of the can. Bill helped you get to where you are. Just give him one-fourth. I mean, let's, let's not deny the whole legacy and end on this sour note over, you know, a few thousand dollars. I mean, you know, Tom, uh, not, not Tommy, Tony, Ozzy, Geezer, they're not starving. It's not like they need the extra 10%. I mean, come on, let's not be disingenuous with the fans. Bring back Bill. But what if the, what if it's not just about the money? What if they feel well, that, I don't know. that that he that he you know he just doesn't have it? It just the vibe okay. isn't there. He's getting older. It's it, the show is not that good. With you know, like I mean, it's it's easy to say money. And again, I'm okay. not. I'm I will be the last person to to not want to see Bill in a final Sabbath environment. Mark. 
Yeah, I don't know if you heard Bill's record that he put out this year, Accountable Beats. I, I bought it because it wasn't available on Spotify. And his drumming has gotten to a point where it is so awful. This guy has no business being on stage. He was he was uh, struggling when he was in the band, you know, back when I saw them in 1999 through whatever that lasted, 2003 or whatever, 2004. It was a struggle for him then. He, uh, he and I, from what I understand, he, you know, listening to Ozzy's arguments, he's done very little playing on on the drums since then and if you hear accountable beats it's a it's just a mess of a record and the drums uh definitely not good he doesn't even play drums on the whole record if i am remembering uh correctly well i'll I'll add this caveat then if he's going to come back then he's got to do the do the work get into a gym get in tip-top shape get into the rehearsal studio I mean, don't just show up. Can, yeah, you, can you risk it? You know, I mean, it's easy to say, but it, it's that's that's risk, right? We've seen this happen uh, with Kiss. We've seen this happen in other instances, and it can be really, really risky, especially with that much money on the line. It's Black Sabbath. It's a, it's a, it is going to be a big deal. I think, especially if they say it's their farewell. And you know, it's funny when I heard the story about money, I sort of thought. I don't know. Like, I think Tony, Ozzy, and Geezer are all in varying degrees of wealth post Black Sabbath, some way more than others. And if there was ever a way to have somebody not be a part of that tour in terms of not wanting to offend or, or, or insult the legacy, the easiest thing to do is to say it's about the money. Yeah. Now, if you remember when they first got together back, I believe it was 98. Eight or 97, I saw Sabbath. It was Ozzy, Iomi, Geezer, and Mike Borden from, oh, from uh, great show. Faith, Faith No More. And the re- and people always blame Ozzy. Oh, well, Ozzy and Sharon didn't want him back at that time. No, what happened was, from the way I understand it, is Bill had actually done a had rejoined Sabbath, what was Sabbath, uh, before that reunion and had done a South American tour with Tony and Tony Martin. Uh, and it, Iomi was the one who was like, wow, he really wasn't playing that well. Uh, and let's let's use your guy, Ozzy Mike Borden. So they did that. And then I guess in the meantime, Bill really got it, tried to get his chops back, although that's arguable if you if you saw the shows the reunion shows that he did uh you know he was definitely sluggish uh anyways yeah i i just think they shouldn't use him i think uh i think they're going to be a much stronger band with tommy clufettis on drums which will most likely be the the guy they use again i think the big news is that you know when they announced this final tour it was a final album and a final tour and now ozzy has said that they've scrapped the record and it's just going to be a a final tour so i'm wondering why that happened i I don't i'm not sure but uh yeah where is that final album scrapped yeah and i do think there could actually be a couple songs laying around left over from the 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 last album that but yeah, I don't know. I don't know. That's crazy. So before we take off, what are you guys listening to? Let's start with you, Mitch. Ah, yes. I am listening to a great box set by the Backyard Babies called Them XX. It is four discs and it's uh, a greatest hits plus uh, two discs of all these rarities that they've done and a DVD, and, and of course, I've also got the new Def Leppard, Def Leppard, as it's called, uh, going. Uh, 
But yeah, just I'm going sort of Swedish old school with backyard babies these days. Nice, Mark. Cool. Yeah, um, I think a, a record Mitch may have mentioned before. I'm not sure. Testosterone by Mustache. Yes, great sir. record. Yeah. Ain't that wow. fun? It's a fun record. Yeah. yeah Sweet great rocks, stuff. man. <laughs> it really does. <laughs> I gotta move uh, over there, and I'm gonna interview Mustache in the next couple of weeks. Oh, are you? Yeah. Good, good. They do very few interviews, uh, so at least over here. So I look forward to hearing that. Uh, Chelsea Wolf, which is kind of like this drone metal alternative band, very weird stuff. It's, I guess she's a she has. It's Chelsea Wolf is a woman, and she does some real interesting stuff. It's not for everybody. It's uh, again kind of sludgy, droney. Um, almost some Radiohead influence at times, so it's definitely not for for everyone. I, the new Def Leppard, absolutely. Uh, what else? Uh, I guess I guess that's it off the t- uh, top of my head. There's an interesting band from Jersey, New York State called Cruel Seasons, who I want to give a shout out to too. They just released their uh, first self-titled record, or actually, it's not self-titled. It's called Rise, and uh, it's definitely a good listen. I've got two, and I'm glad neither of you mentioned them. One is the new Coheed and Cambria, Color Before the Sun. Cool. Awesome album. Awesome album. These guys sound amazing. Uh, There's some super crazy, weird, poppy stuff in there that's still extremely heavy that just works amazingly well. And an album I cannot get enough of, and I'm going to keep talking about. And everybody who asks me what I'm listening to, I talk about this album, the new Queensryche album, Condition Human. I can't think of a band from the 80s era that has recorded something new, and I mean new like in the recent years, that I've loved this much. Um, and while I love the new singer, I really wish this would have been done with Jeff Tate and all could have been forgotten. But it probably took not having him in the group to make this album. But if I mean, if you have not heard Queensryche Condition Human and you have any sort of inclination towards the band Queensryche or anything sort of progressive metally, just drop everything. I think it's it's just a stunner to me. I don't know if you guys have, are as crazy about it as I am, but I love that album. Yes. Yeah, In fact, I definitely. I'm going to uh, probably annoy you with this. I have the Japanese version that has a bonus track on it called Espiritu Muerto. Wow. There you go. And it's it's actually – I don't want to say it's the best song on the on the album, but it's it's a bloody great track. It's like why why do they keep doing these throwaway bonus tracks? It's wow, it's a great track. And, and they've been floating yeah. through live, like they were here with Scorps, and I didn't go see them, and I've been sort of hemming and hawing, and now I'm just like chomping at the bit to go see these guys live because ah, yeah, I think a, they're coming at least down here. They're coming back around in yeah. January, I think, doing a a solo gig. So yeah, How but that's cool a great would record. They be at Heavy Montreal, come on, Mitch, you, you make a call. <laughs> I'll tell you a story off the air, but yeah, okay, we'll talk about that. So one other one, one other one. Andrew Watt, who is the guitar player in California Breed with Glenn Hughes and Jason Bonham, has yeah. a solo EP out, produced with some of the Queens of the Stone Age guys. Uh, um, the drummer Joey, ex drummer of Queens of the Stone Age, and. Uh, one of the Queens of the Sun Age songwriters, producer guys, is producing this record. Um, Chad like Smith the- from the Chili Peppers is on it, too. It's it's absolutely great. It's an EP. It's called Ghost in My Head. The kids should be listening to it. It's like power pop with heavy guitar, 
rock, uh, very young sounding. This guy's a young guy in his early 20s. And uh, I wish kids were listening to this because it's, it's, you know, got the Katy Perry sensibility, but it's rock and it's good rock, you know. So um, it's definitely something to check out. Andrew Watt, Ghost in My Head. Nice. Well, awesome as always chatting with you guys. We'll be back real soon with episode number 23 of Metal Raps. My name is Mitch Joel. You can always find me at, at Mitch Joel on Twitter or check out my podcast, which is all about me having conversations with bass players, but it's not really about bass playing at notreble.com forward slash groove because it's called Groove the No Treble Podcast. Uh, Mark, where can people find you? Yeah, talkingmetal.com uh, or I'm on Facebook, Facebook dot com m striegel m s t r i g l friend me there mitch lafon on twitter at, at mitch lafon and also on spreaker iHeartRadio, itunes uh, stitcher tune in all that look up the one-on-one with mitch lafon podcast where we interview or i interview rock stars uh i've got steve vi coming up uh, tom Worman, nice. and a bunch of others and uh the tom Worman one is, is great because i asked him what he thought of nikki six and oofa and then i asked him what he thought of d snyder and it's like oh okay maybe i can't print that but i will so uh tune in good teasing nice. speak to you guys soon cheers bye one two three four those are numbers but you already knew that. If you want to know what number you're going to pay each month for your car, use Kelly Blue Book My Wallet on AutoTrader. They're really good at numbers. AutoTrader.